2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Jim Jackson, TV voice of the Flyers. You're watching Nasty Knuckles.
3: You're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the hockey Outlaws Podcast with your host Terry Nasty, Settemire, and former Philadelphia Flyer enforcer Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off.
0: All right, welcome back. What's happening, Nasty? What's up,
3: Rigoralia? It's opening night tonight in Flyerland, baby. We've been waiting long time. Seems like a really long time. Yeah, are you excited or what? I am. I'm pumped up, man. What, are you thinking? Um, oh, what, what are do you think? Oh, what do you think I'm going to say? I'm <laughs> going to say we're going with a W. <laughs> of course. Carter's going to stop the biscuit, and the boys are going to put a couple in their net. And a little Jizzy's gonna go home. Jack Hughes, we heard that's his nickname. That's a tough one, but that's what we were told. He'll Be disappointed um, him with a big loss, send the Devils right back up the Turnpike. Yeah, with a loss on their end and a W on ours.
0: Yeah, I'd like to like to think that's the truth. What do you think uh, about Torrance? Any sort of antics behind the bench? You think the, game one or what? what do you think?
3: I think he's going to be wearing a sweater vest. Yeah, <laughs> and his off beard. Yes, <laughs> and he's going to be calm. I think. You think so, be, calm? I don't think he's going to be losing his mind. Not day one. I, right? I don't. Not day one. Not day one. I think he's.
0: What if there's a massive, massive brain fart? Where do you think is going to happen?
3: He might calm, grab some cool, torts? Yeah, I think he's going to be calm. Honestly, like I, I don't think he's going to be going crazy unless. I mean, it gets out of hand, which I don't. <laughs> I don't see it getting out of hand. I hope not. not I'm not, just kind of hoping that Brooksie makes the trip down. That the guy from the Rangers, the, the reporter. Yeah, right. I here. don't even know his first name. I apologize, Herb. I don't know his name, but uh, no, not Herb. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Anyway, uh, Cam Atkinson's out of yeah, line tonight. Yeah, that's tough. Which, that's tough. Yeah, we had heard there were, he may have been a little banged up. Um, He's out. That's that's tough, and obviously we know about Coots. Um,
0: but a swing with Beezer coming back in the yes, lineup, yes, exactly. That was that's, huge.
3: That's good news. Um, that's really good news. Yeah, really they good were, news. They, yeah. they weren't expecting him for what another couple of weeks or so. Yeah. Um. So I'm that's surprised huge. to see that. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty that that's that's actually a that's actually a big plus because yeah, you know no I, having Cam out and Coots as we knew was, he, we knew he was going to be out anyway but to get Beezer back is nice.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, looking forward to tonight and see how this thing shapes up. And uh, I wanted to get your opinion on uh, the uh, the waving of Zach McEwen and, and yeah. being you know being sent down.
3: Makes me sad. I love. Yeah, that. I know. Man, I know. I was, I, little, got- I
0: was a little disappointed. Uh, I didn't see any camp, and and the, and the rumblings on the street was that he had a, a little bit of a suspect camp. But uh, I think we talked about this before when um, when they signed Delorier. Yeah. It's kind of. You know, questioning where he fit in, and then they landed up signing him, RFA, but right, um, you know,
3: I, I still, I just thought there'd be room for him. Um, I thought so I love too. What he brings to the team on and off the ice—I mean, what a great guy! And yeah, I know the boys love him, um, but you know, I guess he goes down there, works his bag off, and uh, good things will happen for him because he's a—he's a great guy. And I—I um, I actually saw the the one game I did see. I thought he played well but I didn't see everything, like you're saying. Uh, But I was a little disappointed, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me too. I'm not going to lie. I was very disappointed to not see him. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. And then a little bit on a different note, seeing Wayne Simmons' name uh, coming up on the waiver wire, and obviously I've believe he's cleared now, but uh, what, what were your thoughts originally when you saw that? Was there, do you think there's any chance that the Flyers maybe took a stab at him just to bring that culture? And, that would like, be great. You know facing? Yeah.
3: And that would be great, obviously, and I think, obviously, Philadelphia would love it, uh, every fan. Um, but I was just kind of sad, too, for him. Yeah, you know, I know, like, me too, yeah. I mean, just what a warrior, what a yeah. good team What a player. story, yeah. Wayne Simmons, man. I mean, just this right guy, I just, it just, it's hard for me to and I'm not doing the numbers. I don't know. I'm not a GM and all that stuff in the cap. But, like, I just – I'm not. Not today. <laughs> I could do a lot. I'm pretty like, – you're actually – maybe you're right. I probably am. No. But uh, I just find it hard to believe you can't make room for him. Yeah. Like, no, right? if – if, even if he's not in the lineup every night, like, yeah. who's better than him to be there with your team
0: that's what I'm thinking. This is a um, glue guy. Just having him around that, is yeah. uh, is important. I,
3: I was hoping, you know, for him, and I know he still gets to stay at home. maybe yeah. maybe. you know, yeah, right. I that's a good point. Wayne, he, you know, maybe that's
0: he. Yeah, you know, he might. He might have wanted it that yeah. way. Honestly, like where he's family, at in his career, you know, for sure. Yeah, you think of it. Uh,
3: but I was, again, he could have said, "Hey, listen, I'm fine staying here." But I was shocked that not one team would want to take him yeah just for the player he is and the person he is and teammate he is you know as far as that goes but
0: yeah 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 it's uh unfortunate but um again we don't we don't know the whole story and his situation so there could be some underlining conversations around yes uh not not actively trying to shop him around too much so he could stay in, in toronto and, and just kind of Finish up his career, right around there. But you know, I, when I first saw that, I was like, "Man, this could be a nice PR piece for the Flyers and Big showing time. the fan base that, yeah. you know, we're again understanding where he is at in his career, but nonetheless, knowing what he brings, yes, you know, every single night would be a, a nice little a nice little carrot to dangle. But um, understanding you know, that it might not ju- just might not fit right now, right? <laughs> a, yeah, you know, it may
3: not. But you know, for a guy that you know used to top power play right uh everything he did here in Philadelphia I don't think he ever should have left here or been forced to leave here but that's just my opinion um you know he's taking that transition as a lot of older guys can't handle yeah being like I don't want to say demoted but you know you know taking a lesser role just taking a lesser role but you talk about a guy that knows his role and did whatever the team needed him to do and I'm talking about you know, the physical play, yep. the physical, you know, the fighting, which he seemed to be fighting more. A hundred percent he was. Which, to me, I'm like, Simmer, you don't have to do that anymore. But that's not him. Yeah. He's he's standing up for his teammates. He's going to do what's best for the team. Absolutely. Um, and I just, at stakes. I, I wish he was uh, with the team, with Toronto, with the big boys. Because they got a good team. They got a, yeah. they got a shot this year, people are saying. So we'll see. I'm not going to get that far ahead of ourselves. But
0: Yeah, we'll um, wish him the best.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: And uh, we got some interesting news for next week. Hey, you are heading to Wash.
3: Yeah, we're heading down to Washington. We have a couple of different places uh, with the Tovey stick. Yeah. Uh, some players interested in that. Um, I think they've been seeing my men's league clips. way oh. that puck's just coming off that uh <laughs> it full must of be. carbon blade. Oh uh, yeah. I'm kidding. Jesus, do not watch that because no one wanna use it.
0: Backhand sauce.
3: Uh, well then, now that's something that could be done. But you know, of course I got my great buddies Debo and Baller putting up a one turnover I had. I actually looked like it was gonna break my neck there. <laughs> you will pay. I got a lot I got a lot of crap from that yeah Boys well, are all it happens yeah, it does happen i was a little brain fart now guy, I, like i think i said hey at least you can thank me i told the guy yeah i'm like hey you're welcome yeah you're welcome i didn't see you there backing me up anywhere
0: yeah well probably on the bench <laughs> hydrating probably <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> uh but no seriously that's going to be exciting we have a couple different places where uh the the interest in, in this stick, which we knew was going to happen, yep. um, is really taking off, and it's it's exciting.
0: Yeah, and a couple guys that have put up some numbers in the yes. NHL that are interested they in uh, at it, yeah. rocking it. So it'll be fun, interesting uh, to see how this goes, but um, I think this is a year for Toby. I do Toby too. will be seeing some NHL action this year, in my opinion. It
3: has to. I, I can't just – I never played, but I've – been dealing with sticks for years, and this thing is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the feel of it, and uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see yeah. what happens. I don't want to jinx anything, 100%. but it uh, should be great.
0: We will keep you guys tuned in on how it goes for sure next week when we record our next episode. Yes, and we got a couple new
3: sponsors too, Now, Yes, we do. I was gonna say, I might have myself. One of those clear crushes on the way down to oh, wash. Maybe a couple, <laughs> maybe a little, up, maybe have a little more cooler. In one. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, I, I was, was gonna a say. Cooler. Yeah. So our friends at Clear Rum, uh, sponsors of the Phillies, now in Chickies and Pete's, and actually done a hell of a job in the last six months, penetrating the uh, the tri-state area. So see it everywhere. It's oh, it's oh, a, yeah. They oh, man, I will tell you what, they've awesome. done a hell of a job. Uh, you know, getting it out there and. uh you know, really, really focusing on the, let's you know, say the sports world, but, um, you know, they're sports fans, Flyer fans, Philly fans, mm-hmm. Eagle fans. So they're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, to work through sports and uh, naturally, Nasty Knuckles is a yes. perfect fit. For sure. So check them out at clearrum.com. And then uh, one of my business partners, good friend, Britt Mazzagati and his uh, no Brit. commercial. I yeah, know Britt. Oh, Brit. you know Britt. We got a
3: snake in the cooler oh, one day. Yeah, we might yeah, have to pull yeah, that
0: footy yeah, up. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so DLI Commercial, National Construction Company. Yes. Now official sponsor of Nasty Knuckles. So check them out at dlicommercial.com. Happy to have you guys on board. Yes. Absolutely sure. appreciate the support. And we will be talking more about these, uh, these guys as we... Cruise through the season. Look forward to working with them throughout this 2022 23 season.
3: Yes. Some exciting.
0: activations down the road, I'm sure. Yes. Absolutely. And I think we're ready to rock your nest You want
3: to you talk to JJ?
0: JJ. Jim Jackson. Episode 89. Let's go. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote.
3: And I'm Derek Settlemeyer. And I must say, in a pleasant good evening, because we have one of our favorite people in studio. Play by play announcer for the Philadelphia Flyers for the last 26 years on TV, Mr. Jim Jackson.
2: How are you, Nest?
3: I'm doing Riley. great, man. Nice uh, it's about time you. I did
2: this. I've been putting oh. this off for various reasons. Very happy to be here. Yeah, we've been chasing down for over a year. Yeah, so, I know, you down. I know. <laughs> You're a busy tough. man. Very high maintenance, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you say pleasant good evening. I'm so boring. That is. Dude. My signature phrase, a pleasant good evening. Can it be a more boring a signature phrase Let than that? Let me
3: – it's not. I mean, I'm going to tell you why <laughs> uh, I said that because uh, AP and Vinny, the yeah. video coaches yeah. with the Flyers, we would always come in and they would be like, before we go out – I never told you this – be like, hey, real quick, and they would go back to the game before or when you guys were coming before I'd go out to the bench – you got to hear it. it <laughs> really? And a, a pleasant good evening. That's yeah, And then I'd run out. And now I got to the bench. We always I should have started curveball one yeah. game. Yeah, so, I know, right? I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't tell you. I should they have didn't. told you. Yes. <laughs> you know, i be like, yeah, I not, he's not going
0: to
2: say Next it. game, say, hey, hi. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, I actually love it. I yeah. love it. That's why I said that. Uh, yeah. Man, what is going on? How was your summer? It was good. I
2: mean, I had some, uh, some health issues, nothing major. But got on got, a vacation with uh, my family to L.A., which I actually wasn't necessarily think it was going to be great it was awesome uh, I mean there was so much to do out there um, and also uh, just took it easy which I've been able to do the last couple of summers which right. has been fun nice. jump hitting pool Occasionally, yes. you forgot yeah. you had it. We're closing closing <laughs> yeah. that pool today. In fact, oh, I closed it's, mine last. Yeah, week. my wife Bernie was going to be here. Actually, she said you had invited her. Yes, to, I did, and she would have been here. But they're closing the pool, and I said, ah, you got to stay. Uh,
3: you know, Priority. Well, tell yeah. you what, you're, I love your wife. We've been friends. I've known you obviously since I got here, uh, way back in '94. She's tougher near rigs. Oh, oh yeah. She, oh, she is left, tough. She's got a, a hook
2: and a jab. Oh yeah. I'm right. father sure was a boxing referee. Oh, yes. no of fame. Boxing. Yes. No, I did not I know, know that, that. we had, I got oh, look his, out uh, he boxed and he taught her how to box. <laughs> yeah.
3: So at checking for charity, <laughs> oh. I got to see her and as uh, I see her once in a while, just quickly and passing, but I got to see her. We stood there and talked for like 45 minutes and I never knew that about her, that her dad uh, did that. And she's so funny. She was telling me she was like I got a better left hook than half of you guys in here and I'm she like does. and I'm like I Don't believe I... it and she was dead serious and like and like you said she does and I said, you should give Riles one just to wake him up. It. He hasn't had we one. We should of those be the next guest. Yeah. <laughs> <I think laughs> next cast.
2: I, I think my wife is smart enough to pick her. Uh, <laughs> Riley would not. I don't be know a
0: buck lady. eighty these days. Yeah, that's that's true, yeah, she, might, yeah. she might have a little yeah, bit. You are
2: looking as menacing, but yeah. <laughs> you, probably, you probably still have the. What, the, the what the is, left is it? And the right.
3: man bun? Does it, make, <laughs> does it make him look less tough? Yeah. A quick story. On that. I'm
2: dating my wife. Right. I just started dating her. I'm working at a radio station. And uh, she had a, 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 a sidekick. She, they'd go out and get into all kinds of things, right? And uh, her her friend was firing spitballs at a friend, and, and, and the DJ at the club happened to walk in between and got hit with a spitball, right? <laughs> so he's really ticked, and he thought my wife did it when in reality it was her friend. But anyhow, he comes right at my wife. You can't do that. No. no. Well, <laughs> nope. You just can't. And, and this is legendary. He was in a club, and he was a DJ on, on the radio, but he was DJing at the club that night. And she just... Two-punch two, two combination, and down he went, right? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> so it became kind of legendary. And I go to work at a, a, another radio station. And uh, actually, he worked there, but on, on the other side, of the FM. And, and uh, the people came over to me, and I guess where they got around, I was dating her. And it was like, do you know that you're dating that the girl who did that to the guy's name, you know. I won't say what his name was. And I go, Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stand a little so, taller. Yeah, don't right? don't yeah.
3: mess with, with Bernie. But she loves you today. Oh, and we do her. appreciate
2: She's... everything you've done for our son. Oh. He's a
3: hockey player and uh, you're, you're, you've been great to him. So he's awesome. That. What you're both your kids, Deanna and uh Johnny are the two of the nicest kids you ever meet. They're awesome. Very proud of them. Very Yeah, them. you should be. They're they're yeah. they're good, good kids. They're awesome.
2: Yeah. Okay, I can tell them to stop watching this podcast from this point on.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. That's it. Um, I am actually have some hats being made for uh, his yes, team up there. Yes, yeah, his they coach is all for that. Oh, like yeah? Yes, coach all for that. like so that. They,
2: they should be done. The Golden <laughs> Flyers. Wouldn't you know he ends up playing for a team <laughs> yeah, the team? Right. Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: awesome. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Well, let's talk some Flyers hockey. Yes. Obviously, preseason is wrapped up now and. Camp is obviously wrapped up as well, getting ready for the regular season. What are your thoughts on, uh, well, leading up to the to regular season and, yeah. uh, and even leading up to training camp with the, the off-season moves and everything? Yeah,
2: really looking forward to seeing what John Tortorella would do with this team. And the first day of camp, no pucks, just oh. skating, skating, yeah. skating was, was interesting. I've never seen that. I mean, 30 right. years between radio and television, and uh, you know, I've never seen a, a no pucks practice first day of camp. Um, and, uh, you know... The guys expected it, so it wasn't a surprise. Um, and I didn't see any complaints. There were some players, you know, a couple that were, you know, letting Belly up. some stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, his message is, you know, it's more as much about the physical, although he's certainly all about physical conditioning, but also about the mental toughness of it. Right. Sure. Right. And there were a couple guys who really struggled, but they made it through. And to him, uh, that was what it was all about. Not that you looked great doing it, but that you got through it. Uh, so I thought that was important and a great start to camp. But unfortunately, you know, I listed like five goals on, on, on YouTube that I had for for camp. And the fifth one I said with no injuries. And then I had to amend that because the Katerian news came out before camp. So I'd say no more injuries, um, but there have been more injuries. So he hasn't been able to do as much of the conditioning as he wanted um, because he thought maybe that was having something to do with the injuries, perhaps, or maybe just because the guys were getting so nicked up. So. That's been a downer because we've, you know, the Cam Atkinsons, the Carter Harts, uh, Ivan Provorovs, Rasmus Vistelainen, and I can go right down the list, uh, uh, Arteman Isimov, who might might have made this team, all injured right yeah. during camp. So that's that's been tough, and they're still waiting on Farabee skating. But So they've got a lot of guys and some key guys that are that are nicked up already. That That's the negative side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got to see a lot of the young players as a result, some that maybe aren't quite ready that maybe they thought were, some that, like Noah Cates, who is – Absolutely tremendous that I think has made the team and, in fact, could play a key role. Uh, Samuel Urson has made a name for himself in goal, and with some of the injuries there, he might be in the big club, which I don't think anybody was expecting. Um, So there are some positives. But in general, uh, really from a system standpoint, it's just starting. Yeah, Because he didn't really have time to get into the systems before they played their six preseason games in 11 or 12 days. Now he's got more than a week between the last preseason game and the first regular season game and he can use that to go over power play penalty kill uh four check back check all all the systems um and i I don't think we're really going to see that uh, until the regular season starts and then really he said maybe into mid-november before it really catches with the team and it's muscle memory and all that so we're going to probably need a little patience early in the season get healthy get the system in and then we'll see where it goes
0: yeah yeah you know it's um it's it's interesting that we're almost kind of like back to where we were last year in a sense of like the injuries yeah. and you know what I mean. Starting off slowly yeah. and and you know obviously you got a new bench boss that is trying to create a new culture for the team. Um, but between the work and the systems, it's going to take some time, and you got to get these healthy bodies back. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be more of the same. I feel, and yeah. unfortunately, you know, no one wants to start the season off dropping games right. and 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 I think, but I think on the other side of it they're they're going to learn how to lose games with an attitude, you know, in the proper way, you know, yeah, the way that we lost away. games last right, year right. <laughs> and maybe the previous year. Um but, you know, losing with an attitude and with that with that with that dig in, but it'll be interesting how this thing fires up. You know, I was a little bit kind of uh disappointed too just the way this thing started off with the with the injuries and and uh and how the preseason lineup turning out, you know, as far as wins and losses yeah. go, but um it will be interesting. There's certainly going to be a different type of attitude. There's no question.
2: No doubt. And the culture is going to change. Yeah, um, they, they may struggle scoring goals. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. They if can they can get Coots back, which... The good news is the early reports that he was done for the year don't seem to be accurate. Um, yeah. uh, you know That's going to help. Obviously, Farabee would be a big help yeah. once he can take contact. And then if the Atkinson, Hayes, those guys are healthy. Uh, and then you throw in Cates and some of the young guys, Morgan Frost. Th- yeah. These guys have to – really, uh, what it comes down to, guys in general, is everybody has to be better than they were last year, really the last two years. Uh, and you're hoping that Tortorella and his coaching staff, he's got some good assistants, will bring that along because they didn't make a ton of moves. I mean, Tony D'Angelo Nick Delorié, which I think are definitely going to help the team. Uh, D'Angelo certainly in the power play. Delorier just from the culture and the, the not going away that you talked about. Um, and then you have some young guys that might be part of the mix now too. But generally, your Travis Konechny's, you're Ivan Provorov's, Travis San, I made a lot of strides last year. He has to continue to do that. These players have to be better, and the veterans. You know, Kevin Hayes, I think, will be better. Obviously, right. at physical issues <laughs> and just a, you know, an awful situation last year with his brother. So I think he'll be in a better place. Um, and then some of the other veterans too. We'll, we'll see. Um, it it hockey is an interesting thing because I think of all the the sports, football and hockey are the two where the coach. Probably has the most to do with how the team plays. Baseball is really an individual sport. Manager can maybe create uh, an atmosphere, as I think Rob Thompson has done with the Phillies, but create an atmosphere that that helps uh, the, the the club out. But really, it's down to pitcher versus hitter, and you know that kind of thing. And basketball is so individual in terms of there's not that many players in the team. You know, your stars have to be great, and you win. But football and hockey are so team, everything plays are orchestrated. You have so many plays, Uh, football, you have so many players on a play that have to, you know, combine to do something well. And hockey is just so fast that it takes such coordination. So I really think systems and so forth with with those two sports, the coaches can have a major impact. So John Tortorella, I think, eventually will have that kind of impact. But they've got to get healthier. They, you know, I think even he's probably disappointed with the fact that they've had so many players get nicked up in this camp already. So, um, and they've they've made changes to the, the staff. I mean, I, I don't think the injuries were the fault of the staff, but that tends to happen when you have a ton of injuries. Um, they're, they're looking into all the things you can do as far as rehab and, and making that better. They're doing whatever they can to try to help with the health issue, but some of it's just plain old luck. Yeah. Yeah, right? 100%. And, you know, you just hope that they're going to be a healthier bunch because without health, uh, all this other stuff kind of goes out the window. That's I mean, the truth. Hey, last year, I mean, two years ago, they lost some terrible games. I mean, got blown up at the game in New York. I mean, I'll never forget that. And some of the others um, – Last year was not quite like that. I, I did some numbers. It was something like 85% of the games, they were within a goal in the third period. They just couldn't get over that hump. They'd either allow a goal and lose uh, you know, a game that was tied or a one-goal lead, or they just couldn't come up with that goal and they were down a goal. But they were in games last year despite all the injuries. So that led me to have hope that they could really turn this around. Uh, but then they traded Claude Giroux, and that, you know, they didn't really replace G. So... That part of it, I'm not sure how where the offense is going to come from. Yeah. Um, uh, if they had replaced his offense, I think you're talking about now this team where it was a couple years ago when they played really good hockey for a long stretch from mid-November to the pause. They were one of the better teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And maybe they can build off of that and get a structure around Carter Hart, who I, I still think can be an elite goaltender. And, you know, all of a sudden, you're not, not as far away as you thought. But now, without that offense being replaced – It's, to me, a question of will they have enough offense. I do think, as you guys, I know we agree on this, they're going to be harder to play against. They're going to play more of a Flyers brand of hockey that we all like. Uh, They're going to be tough physical. They're going to, I think, block a lot of shots. They're going to play from the goaltender out. A lot of things that will keep the games closer. But are they going to be able to come up with those goals to win some of those tight games? Is the power play going to help them? Yeah. That's a huge part of it, too. You know, That's really, I think, what they need to find. Where's this offense coming from? And since they didn't really replace G's offense, that's got to come from... Tony D'Angelo helping the power play, yes, but also, as I said earlier, the connect these and those
3: players. Yeah, all the guys are on the shelf. Scoring, and, getting yeah.
2: back to where they were or even better.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, it's it's more disappointing. We traded G that we didn't. Obviously, Johnny Gaudreau, yeah. everyone in their brother wanted him to come here. What a feel-good story would be, and and plus, he's a hell of a hockey player. Um, But wasn't able to get done, so you're right. Like, we talked about this before. It's got to be a collected, like, effort, but it's not that easy when you don't have a guy like G or Johnny or someone like that not putting any of our guys down because there's great players. I'm looking for Morgan Frost to really be good on the power play this year um, and kind of step up. You know he's had some bad luck with injuries for too. Sure. Um, he's a great kid, and I, I, th- I really think he's a is uh, a good hockey player.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. You mean uh, you brought up the, the the lack of scoring, and and I, and I fully agree. You haven't replaced those points, and it it's it's gonna have to come from the guys that were banged up last season. Yeah. You know, and, and everyone's gotta step up. Even guys that were playing, need, everyone needs to step up. But I'm still not sure how to. To, to get those extra goals that, you know, that you said, like the, the, the extra goal in the third period, right. you know, when you have a, a guy like G or, or Johnny Goudreau or you're one of those go-to guys yeah. to, that will this generally the guys you lean on to score you those types of goals. But with torts and the things we've talked about here, like the culture, it's going to have to trend towards defending better, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. it's like yeah. it's going to really have to be, you know, taking care of the home play, D zone, getting the saves, and, and, then, and then being very – Strategic with your offensive opportunities and and, and obviously scoring because it's
2: there's not going to be a, a ton of offense. No, as he said uh, before the, the last preseason game, they're going to have to grind out wins. Grind and, out wins, and yeah. they are. And yeah. his teams have done that in the past. Sure, so yeah. I, I have. Uh, I can't imagine a John Tortorella coach team being. Uh, non-competitive. Yeah, right. Bro, uh, I just no. can't. Yeah. Even even if they do get more injuries, he's going to find a way to 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 be in two-on games. But but there's going to be these one-one or two-two games in the third period, and who's going to get that goal? Yeah. Um, the power play is key. Uh, yeah. You you uh, they have some weapons on them. Cam Atkinson could be a, yeah. a sure. big weapon on yep. the power play. Uh, maybe Joel Farabee turns into that kind of weapon on the power play, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have distributors and Tony's uh, from the top going to be one of those. So if you think about last year they had the worst power play in the league statistically and you know if you turn that into maybe 15th or 16th in the middle of the pack you know yeah. i'm not saying they're going to go to the top of the power play just in the middle of the pack they win five or six more games right there yeah exactly right. yes. cuz they lost a lot of games by a goal or two goals with an empty net or that kind of thing so um Yep. It's not as far – I mean, I know we've all been through the, the summer in, in, in social media, and it's. I've, I, I honestly can tell you that in 30 years here, this is the lowest expectations that I've I've sensed the fan base has for a Flyers team in my 30 years here. Yep. Maybe outside of the first year I came here, because they were in year four. That was actually the fifth and final year of missing the playoffs five years in a row. Oh, okay. So – expect, but they had Eric Lindros on that team. Yeah, right. So yeah. I would say the expectations – Going into this year, from the fan standpoint, yeah. is as low as it's been in my 30 years here, that might prove to be a benefit in the long yeah. run. Because you know, although I don't think he's going to go public with this too much, but Torch is going to probably take some of these clippings where the, the, you know the, these guys are saying they're the 32nd team in the NHL, and I think the Athletic just had so the model they put out there had us right down near the bottom. Didn't they really? Well, and you, you put those that. things out there, and it, it has to motivate the yeah, players Yeah, right, use it as fuel. Uh, whereas the last two years, we went into the year – with pretty high expectations. I mean, yeah. Chuck had gone out uh, this past offseason and gotten Ryan Ellis. And, you know, we thought that was really going to take care of the problem on defense. And uh, there was a lot of excitement. Cam Atkinson traded for Jake that Cam was going to be the shooter that they had been missing. And, you know, you know it looked like it was going to be a really good season. So we had high expectations. It didn't work the last two years. Um, and, you now, this year we go in with low expectations. Maybe it goes in the other direction. Yeah, But I do think there is going to be that chip-on-the-shoulder mentality with this team where if uh, national media, local media, fans, whatever, all say you know, you, you suck, nobody likes to be told that. And <laughs> right. everybody loves to prove people wrong That's the truth. in that regard, right? Yeah. So let's see if that works in the Flyers' favor. And I think Torch is the kind of coach who will manipulate that
0: for sure. I agree. And you had a relationship with Torts, eh? You were oh, telling us before yeah, uh, we got yeah, on I, was, here. I didn't
2: know that. Relationship, yeah, our very first year. His first year of coaching was my first year of professional broadcasting. I wow. graduated from Syracuse, went back to work in my hometown of Utica, New York. And uh, there was a it, it, the ECHL now was the ACHL. It was the Atlantic Coast Hockey League back then. And it wasn't much of a league, folks. It started with five, <laughs> five teams and a team folded. Oh, so there were four left, so that meant everybody made the playoffs. <laughs> so four teams, but we won our round, and John Totoro was coaching the Virginia Lancers. I was, co- I was coaching, God, no. I was announcing for the Mohawk Valley Comets. So uh, we played in the finals that year. So I didn't necessarily know Torts back then, but he was the coach of the team. They won in seven games. That was notable for a lot of reasons. First of all, he was a great coach right from the get-go. That team had an unbelievable record. The next year, they had an even better, better record. Before you knew it, he's on to the AHL and, you know, on to Tampa and on to the NHL and uh, away he went. But, but uh, that year, we played game seven. Now, all year long, I, I was doing the games. I'd come down to the Lot Arena in <laughs> Vinton, Virginia, to take – we'd play there, and i do the games from their press box, which was at the end of the rink, not optimal – but you're upstairs, and you're in a, at least in a booth. So I arrive for Game Seven and expect to go to my usual location. I show up, and there's this this setup, like another broadcast setup. I go, "What's going on here? Oh, the local radio station is going to do the night's game. They haven't done a game all year, yeah. But they're going to do Game Seven. <laughs> yeah. So I says, "So where am I going to do the game?" And they pointed down to this this cement landing, which uh, fine it was down low so i said okay so i go and there was a you know back then it was all done on phone lines. so there was a phone line box there and i and i, and I look around and behind me are seats where oh, fans no. sit and i'm like are these seats not sold for tonight because you got me here they said oh no this is a sellout tonight so <laughs> well, i'm gonna be standing right in front of these people they said yeah yeah don't worry about it okay so i'm I'm literally it wasn't a great location I'm looking at a goalie right so i'm I'm at the end of the rink, but I'm looking out and I'm low so it's not a great location to begin with, but at least I can see the game I'm by myself. I set up my equipment uh, i I do the coaching show with Joe Selensky. He was the coach of the uh our team and he had moved over from the team that folded bizarrely but uh, and uh I get back up to my location. I start doing the game, and before the game even started, during the warm up, I'm hearing some cat calls from the fans behind me, like yeah, sit out in front, and all that," <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you know, your your people put me here. I can't can't move." And they were all right in the beginning, but then, you know couple, yeah. couple, you know, oh, yeah. liquid refreshments. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> And now they're starting to say in the middle of the first period, enough, you know, get out of our way. And they're, they're trying to call security. And I'm saying, no, you're not going to have any help there because I'm I'm here because your organization put me here. Well, uh, eventually, late in the first period, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm doing the game and I feel the cord get tugged and I'm pulled back. And a guy grabs me from behind and he's literally saying, you got to get out of the way, get out of the way. And I cut my mic and I said, listen, I can't. I can't move here. This is where I split. We had a guy, Steve Plaskin was his name, a player. He was only about 5'8", I think, but he was really strong. And, and he was suspended. And he was down by our locker room. And these weren't huge buildings. He saw this happening. So he comes up and immediately grabs the guy. And I thought... All right, do I call the game or do I call?
0: Yeah, yeah right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I wasn't sure which to call. But he took care of the guy, but he wrestled a little bit and said, And he stood there the rest of the game. I had a bodyguard for the rest of the oh, broadcast. The player. I tell Torch that story. He just dies. I mean, Henry Brabham was the owner of the Lancers right out of the Slapshot owner. I mean, he had his overcoat. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and that, that rink, eventually the roof caved in on it. Uh, but that, that was minor league hockey. That was my first yep. year. I see each other and there wow. was Torch. So here we are. I'm winding my broadcast career down maybe – more than a couple of years, but, but in torches, you know, yeah. maybe his last stop of his coaching career. Here we are together, so we, we talk about that. That's Reunited. pretty cool. Yeah. I, it's
3: yeah. funny you said that, too, about Slapshot, because last weekend yeah, you I went to uh, Johnstown, PA, oh, for the first yes. time. been there many times. Uh, yeah. With the Philadelphia Rebels. I yeah. I took a uh, yeah, congrats on that, Yeah, yeah thank you. Yes. But uh, it was so cool because my dad had played a game in there. And I have a great picture of him, and he's playing against the two real brothers in real yes, life. Kyle and Sons. they wore the, they actually wore glasses. Yes, and you can see him in the picture. But they had this little Hall of Fame room in there, but there were too many people in there. We had talked about maybe me doing a live, but oh, there yeah. was like a bunch of people sitting in there. So I was like, next time I go, I, but yeah, I was, was in was... slap shot. What? You were? Yeah,
2: I was in. I no was an extra. The scene, the scene where the uh, national anthem. You know, listen. Are to you- the... Listened Are you the, the one that song? came out and
3: wiggled your? No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I was not the guy at the end of it. Uh, but uh, Mike, what's the actor's name? On I was not. <laughs> yeah, I, was yeah, not yeah, I was not, no, not the stand-in. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I was just in the crowd at the Utica Memorial Auditorium where the in oh. the national anthem, the fight before the. Oh no way! Listen to the blinking song. I yeah. was. In the, you couldn't see me or anything. But oh, I was there. that's cool. That was awesome. I mean that that whole movie, Johnstown. The, it was done in rinks that I used to go to as a kid, as a fan of the Mohawk Valley Comets. Before that, the Clinton Comets, the Utica Mohawks all those teams that played in the various minor leagues out of yeah. utica those those upstate new york arenas john Stowning, binghamton was used utica they were used for slap shots so oh, it man. was awesome well. to, to that movie i still i just watch it i crack up yeah it's, it's you, you can't turn it off oh, it, it's legendary just, yeah you
3: just yeah. can't turn it off yeah. and the best we actually came back and uh, won the game the other night and yeah. overtime yeah it was awesome and uh, i get into the room it's not like it wasn't a NHL. I don't just go right to the room. I had to get the water bottles, pick them <laughs> up, you know. Uh, but uh, clean them, get the sticks and and everything, get it back to the room. But when I walk in, now I can't think of the song that like famous with slap shot I think it's at the end. But the boys, they're young, and they had that song. Did they Quite, really? Yeah, the That's sh- awesome. I can't think of the name Getting of the spirit. I can't either
2: because to. the 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 movie they've changed sometimes the the soundtrack oh, okay. for copyright reasons. I think okay. I think there was. Uh, there was an Elton John song, I think, it, in the original movie okay. when they're in the bus, thing, and now it's some other. Yeah, that's So that. I think they've changed. Yeah, of things but
3: the, the, it was funny. The kids had that song playing. I'm like, man, that's pretty good for you know the yeah. kids are young, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, they right. even uh, have knowledge of that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was my first trip to Johnstown. I, I enjoyed it. But uh, you talked about um, <clears throat> when you first started. You were in Utica, yes. right, with the Devils? Yeah. I, I mean, I uh,
2: I was. Born in Cortland, but my family moved to Utica when I was like six months. So I basically was born and raised in, in Utica because I don't remember Cortland. Um, and it's a great minor league hockey town. And I went to Syracuse for yep. four years. Great broadcast school. Um, uh, I think you guys had Timmy Saunders on recently. Yep. Just like him, I realized very early on I was not going to be an <laughs> athlete. Uh, I, I recently told this story. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of the the the. Uh, Moment where you really understand you're not going to make it as an athlete. I'm playing JV football <laughs> for the New York Mills Marauders, my high school, and I'm one of the subs. So I'm in eighth grade, I believe. I, I was young. And, you know, the subs, they just give you whatever equipment's left over. So I had a helmet that was too small. <laughs> I mean, I got a big mug. So yeah. you know, this is a big mug. <laughs> yeah. So I had to jam the he- my big head into the helmet. It was too small. My pants were too big. So they had to tape them, you know, yeah. so that they'd stand up. <laughs> And I'm standing on the sideline, and we're playing in this old, muddy field. My my father came out to see me, so I'm like, God, I hope I at least get out on the field, right? Yeah. And lo and behold, somebody gets hurt. Jackson, get in there. I'm playing defensive back. And a couple plays go by, and they were running plays. Nothing happened. I tried to make it look like I was going to get in there and make a tackle, yeah. (laughs) And uh, then all of a sudden, a pass play happens, and it's coming my way. And I actually read a play, right? It was a down and out, and I jump it and i intercept the ball and it was it looked great and i i i see nothing but green grass and mud whatever it was in front of me but like 40 yards to a touchdown and i'm running and i get to about the 30 and i feel the tape bust so now i know <laughs> oh
0: no i know
2: if i keep going The pants are probably going to go all the (laughs) way down down. and it's going to be pretty embarrassing. I had a guy like five yards behind me. If I kind of slow down and let him catch me and he tackles me, you know, I can probably put it back together on the sideline and no one will notice. So what do you think I did? Did I go for the glory and the touchdown? I think you did. I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I let him catch me, and he tackled me, uh, and, hey, I still had an interception. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, and, yeah uh, did. you did. Know, and it never was fast, so I could just blame my lack of speed. <laughs> but I, I just the thought of the pants going all the way down, and me yeah. tripping over them. Eighth great, yeah. yeah, it just could have been so bad. So I, I couldn't do it. So, I, you know, my father, was, I remember being with my father after that game, and there was another practice where I got hit and I didn't even remember what happened. and It was like out of a movie scene, you're laying down, and all the people are standing around you. You see the sky behind him. I mean, what happened? Uh, You got knocked out. And I said to my dad, it's just not going to make it. I'm not going to make it to the NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA. It's just not going to happen. i got to find another way. He goes, well, you're always talking about sports. How about broadcast? So I took his... I, 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 you know, he was right. My mom wanted me to be a veterinarian because he was. Okay. And just step into that. Yep. But my passion was always sports. So I had to find some way, and broadcasting seemed to be, be the way. So it was go to Syracuse. I went to Syracuse four years there. Your ambition grows even more. You did basketball, football, lacrosse. And um, I came back to my hometown, and I got a job at a radio station. I basically walked in and said, hey, let me hang around for a month. They let me do that. And I noticed their weekend sports talk show was – uh, they didn't have a weekend sports talk show. They had a talk show during the week, news, talk, sports at night. And then on the weekends, they played top 40 in and around a whole bunch of sporting events that they carried. And here I'm just out of college. I basically walked in there to say, hey, can I hang around for a month? And I put together this written proposal. I said, how about a weekend talk show around your sporting events? It goes more with your format. And I, I put a written proposal together for the the general manager, the program director, the news director, the sports director. And they went for it. Wow. Wow. And who else to be the host but me because I'm kind of there riding the board anyhow. Uh, It took care of any social life. It was noon to midnight, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, So bye-bye social life for a 22-year-old out of school. But I had a full-time job. Yeah. 16 hours during the week just doing, you know, reporting and stuff. And I had a full-time job. And just to make. My life story as quick as I can, but seven or eight months after that, Tim Roy who was the sports director. By the way, he's been the longtime voice of the Golden State Warriors. He did okay. fine for himself. He went to Birmingham, and so who else to become a sports director but me? Right. So now I'm wow. doing wow. ACHL hockey. I'm doing Division One basketball. At the time, Utica College was Division One. Larry Costello was the head coach of that team. If you, wow. you uh, people around here might remember him from the Warrior days and so forth, and then. Um, I'm doing high school football, the talk show, all. It's just great. I'm getting reps and reps. That's what you got to do as a young broadcaster. Um, And then about nine months after that, the New Jersey Devils uh, decided to move their AHL farm team from Portland, Maine to Utica, New York. We get the rights, and I'm now 23 years old, and I'm doing AHL hockey.
3: That's amazing. And so
2: those years, I did all six years the Utica Devils ever played. I had three coaches that I worked with. The first one was a guy by the name of Tommy McVie.
3: I know Mr. McVie. Tommy McVie. Yeah, the best <laughs> voice ever. Right. My,
2: my dad passed away just before I started with with uh, Tommy. So he, he, he really was my second dad, Tommy McVie. Yeah. And um, <laughs> my very first trip with the team, the PR director tells me to meet the team at the Sanger Town Mall. There were two, Utica's not that big. There were two big malls in Utica. There's the Riverside Mall and the Sanger Town Mall. So their PR guy, uh, I still remember his name. I won't say it. He's a little bit out there. But he says, yeah, meet the team at the Sanger Town Mall at 2 o'clock for the trip to Rochester for the very first game in the Utica Devils history. And so I said, okay. So I show up at about 1.30. I know Tommy McVie is kind of like uh, Tom Coughlin, the old NFL coach time. 15 minutes early. you got to be there. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so I was there a half hour early. No cars, no players, no nothing around. And there weren't cell phones. I went inside, used a pay phone, I said, St- oh, I almost said his name. Yeah. There's no no players here, and it's one thirty, So they must be coming from practice. They're probably just going to come in their cars all at once. One forty five. nothing. I'm oh, starting. No. Something's going on here. So I go back inside, and I call again. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. It was the Riverside Mall. I said, oh, my God, i got to get my car. Get out there. He says, no, no, don't bother. The bus is coming to get you. I'm going, really? The whole bus with the entire team is going to come? Uh first game <laughs> first, first game so i'm waiting here comes the oh. bus of course i'm here the bus turns that way so i got i get in my car and i'm flashing the bus so that it'll pull over pulls over to a spot in the parking lot i had this big blue case comrex case with all the equipment back then and i lug it out of my car and the bus driver comes out bus driver was such a great guy and uh, i said is he mad he said just a bit, <laughs> and I said. Oh boy! So I get on the bus. Not a sound yeah. from the players, which I know that's by design. And you know how you get on a bus. Tommy would sit in that first seat, yeah. So I put his foot right, right up over. So I had to like duck around his <laughs> oh, foot. Yeah, of course. And I and get in, and I just get past his foot, and he goes strike one. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I start, this is the first thing you don't do with Tommy, which I should have known. I start to explain, well, your, your PR guy told me, I don't care, I, you should know where we're made. Strike one, sit down. And every shopping, like, strip mall we went by, between Utica and Rochester, the players, hey, JJ, maybe that's where you're supposed to meet us. <laughs> and of course, they gave me the, hello! Hello, JJ! You know, that whole thing. So it was uh, a great good. indoctrination. I did get strike two. I, I, I divulged a trade a couple of years later that again Pierre told me was done that wasn't and it got canceled oh My no god I don't know if you ever had any kind con- Kim Issel or Dave Meyers those are the two players traded and it never happened so he pulls me out of his office and I figured it's been two years like it was like two and a half years later Strike two.
0: You know, you get a fresh uh, and I start. Never made it to strike three. Oh, wow!
2: And I honestly said that to Tommy when I made it to the NHL. And I, 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 he scouts for Boston still, I think, to this day. And I saw him in Anaheim. He was scouts to the West, and I went up. I said, Tommy, I never made it to strike three. He said, You didn't. You didn't. And uh, was, he was just great. The old-time legendary coach who coached well in the minors. He had some really bad NHL teams, and um, and then he was replaced by Herb Brooks. So I got to spend a year with the legend, the author of The Miracle on Ice. What a year. What I can say about Herb is if there's a line right here that's between genius and insanity, he walked it every single day. Really? But I learned so much from it. I'll give you two stories. I could give you a third, but... That one takes too long. The first one was very early. Again, it's the first road trip, right? So I've had three and a half to almost four years of Tommy McVie, who, when we lost, just shut up on the bus ride home. Yeah. If we won, beer, everybody, party. Yeah. But when you, you know, it was, it was black and white. When you win, everything's great. When you lose, everything sucks. So I was pretty much trained to, to live that way. Well, we lose to Binghamton, I think it was 8-3, our first game under Herb Brooks. And my memories of Herb Brooks at that point were the guy who was telling you to stick a, you know, get your stick and stick him in the throat on the bench during the Olympics and all that stuff. You know, and all, all the stuff he did to that team. And I'm thinking, he's probably even worse than Tommy. Right. When it comes <laughs> to, to losses. So I sit in my seat and I'm like, he's getting, you know, he's last one on the bus. And I'm like, hoping he doesn't even look at me kind of thing. He comes over and sits on my side and puts his arm around me. He says, what'd you think of that one, kid? <laughs> I'm like, uh, loaded question, coach. Yeah. He goes, no, no, we lost. But there's lots of good signs. He was so positive. Wow. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You're right. There were some. <laughs> there were some good things. I didn't see any, but yeah, yeah. There, were some good, there were some good things. We did score three goals after the game was already decided. But you yeah, know. Yeah. But anyhow, it, it became a pattern. You know, after losses, he get on the bus and he happy. But when we won, he get on the bus grumpy as all get out. Oh, I mean, 4-2 win, we shouldn't have given up those two goals, and we should have had eight goals, and he was miserable after wins. <laughs> and it got to the point, literally, where I was hoping we'd lose games. No was way. Not was bad. But his, the method to his madness was, in his mind, he thought, when you win, your team will probably get too high. Yeah. So prevent yeah. that. Aww. And when you lose, they'll probably get too low. So, now, yep. I think he took it to an amazing extreme, but that was – his rationale, and I learned that, and you learn to deal with it. My other story for him is, <laughs> is really funny because it really is the essence of her. So I only was with him for a year. We had our differences because uh, there was one time where uh, the Portland team had a whole bunch of guys sent down from the Bruins, and so their record was awful, but they had just gotten a whole bunch of reinforcements. So his whole pregame show with me was about, you can't look at this team's record, Jimmy. They're way better than their record. This is going to be a tough game. And so, uh, you know, I went in with that mentality. But the Devils jumped out to a 2-0 lead. And, and then we lost. It was like 6-2, whatever. So the other guy who did the games with me would, would do the pregame show from the studio. And then he'd listen to the game on the way in as he drove into the arena. He'd do the postgame show from the arena. So he interviews Her, uh, Herb after the game. And his question to Herb was, yeah, I was listening on the way in. It looked, sounded like it was going to be an easy game. But what, what happened? That's all Herb had to hear, because <laughs> oh. he thinks I was saying it was going to be an easy game. Oh. But what he was saying was it was two nothing, right? Yeah. So, but he didn't go through all that with. So Herb said, "Really? You heard of that on the radio?" And D- Danny, my my broadcast partner, is like, "Yeah." And you know he had no idea he was destroying me by saying <laughs> oh that. God. So Herb calls me the next day. Says, "I got to talk to you before you get on the bus because it's a home and home series." And so he pulls me over. All the players are on the bus. We're standing outside. It's freezing. He says. You couldn't resist, could you? And I'm, I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, last night I told you that this was going to be a tough game. This team's loaded. They've got a whole bunch of NHL <laughs> players in the roster. I said, yeah, well, I, I, we talked about that. You know, we talked about that the whole, whole broadcast. He goes, ah, I don't think so. And he got on the bus. And he didn't say another word to me the entire bus ride. It's about a six-hour ride to Maine. We even got in an accident. We, we, <laughs> we, we rear-ended a car. A car slams on the brakes. All I heard Herb say was, we got him." <laughs> <laughs> We're in but, one. <laughs> but he, through the whole thing, he wouldn't say a word to me. No way. Uh, and, and then I go down to do the coach's show with him, and, and he wouldn't do it. He said, I, I can't do it. After what happened last game, I can't do it. I'm still oblivious. I have no idea what, what he's mad about. But uh, I said, well, understand, coach, that it's a sponsored show. I'll have to say, you know, we uh, he declined to do the show. He goes, no, no, just don't do the show. I said, no, it's, it's sponsored. I have to, to say we don't have the coach. No, dude. And he's throwing F-bombs at me. There's people in the building looking like, what's going on here? And he's just going after me. And I, I, we, I did the show. He didn't do it. And I did say it on the air anyhow. Nothing on the bus ride home. We won the game, too. And then next home game, three or four days later probably, uh, I say to Danny, "My, uh, he's like, weird, he's he's like pissed at me for some reason, and I don't even know <laughs> what I said. He goes, yeah, I don't know what it could be. And so I said, I don't even know if I should go down there to ask him to do the show. He goes, well, you might as well ask. I go down, I walk into his office. Hey, JJ, have a seat. Let's get ready to do the show. Like nothing and nothing ever happened. happened. Uh, that was her. Oh, he was God. so, so, uh, later I found out I'm not even sure how, but Danny had mentioned something to me. And then I found out why he thought I said it was going to be easy, yeah. but he couldn't, he couldn't even understand. I tried to explain it to him. He, you <laughs> know, so the other story, that's actually just leading up to, we had our differences, but I make it to the NHL the year after that. I have another year with Robbie Fatorik. who there's wow. a whole bunch of stories wow. with him, just a great guy. And it's yeah. the reason I'm in Philadelphia. Uh, but, but, uh, Herb makes it back to the NHL as coach of the Penguins, right? And we're playing them in the playoffs, and he's you know, and I hadn't even had a chance to catch up to him. But when I got to the NHL, and I don't want to bury the lead here. He sent me this beautiful letter congratulating me. I mean, Tommy was my second dad. Robbie was the one who gave me some advice, which got me here. I didn't get letters from them, but I got a letter from Herb Brooks, wow. you know, and it meant a lot to me. And I, I kept it, and it, it meant a lot. And uh, so then. Two or three years later, several years later, he's back in the NHL and he's doing a press conference up there, and I'm with Coatsy and Timmy and uh, Dorney, and um, you know we're kind of standing in the back. And he looks over at us in the middle of the press conference and gives me a wink and a thumbs up, like. And I'm like bursting with pride, The, the author of the Miracle on Ice. Remembers me, and you know, I mean, I really this is going to be great in front of Coatsy and Dorney. <laughs> yeah, and Taylor, right. Right. Yeah, So he gets done with the press conference, and he, he makes his way over, and he's still, you know, it's pure recognition. He comes my way. They say, "Hey Herb, how are you? Hey, hey Jeff, how you doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> no way, <laughs> Jeff Jackson, Jeff Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he was coach of Notre Dame, I think at the time. Uh, but uh, that's Coatsy grilling. That, it. I mean, that is that is Herb. So, uh, but oh. I learned a lot in a year with him. A lot, and then Robbie, just quickly, the reason I that he is why I'm in Philadelphia. Uh, the rumors were the Devils were leaving town uh, last year, so in the playoffs we we played, uh, I believe it was Rochester again. We're on the way home, might have been Binghamton. We're on the way home, and he's got all the players coming up to go over their summer workout routines, and he gets done a little early, so he he hauls me over. And I didn't even work for the team; I worked for the radio station. But he hauls me over, and he says. Uh, so what are you going to do? And I said, well, I've already sent tapes to Anaheim and Florida. They were the two expansion teams that year. And if I hear of any other openings, because I hear the Devils might be leaving, and he kind of says, yeah, I think they're leaving. Uh, so he said, but what about all the other teams? There are like 22 other teams at the time. And I said, well, you know, if I hear of openings, I'll send tapes there. He goes, and I'll clean this up because Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He says, no, how about the other teams? Send stuff to them. I go, Robbie, most of that ends up in a circular file. Nobody sees it. Back then it wasn't. You put a, uh, an email out either. Back then it was yeah. you know, tapes, audio yeah, tapes. right. right. And uh, he said, you should send them to all the teams. And I fought him on it because that's just who I am. But then when I got back home, I said, he might be right. So I made 22 or however audio tapes. I had to listen to way too much of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Same stuff over and over again. But, hey, anyway, I sent them all out. I ended up getting the Anaheim job, or at least was negotiating with them, uh, over the summer. And while I was negotiating, I'm literally I'm on the phone with Ken Wilson from the, the Mighty Ducks back then um, after having – they told me, it's job's mine, let's do a contract. And I'm working for the Utica Bulldogs of the Colonial Hockey League just to pass time, get a check. And if I didn't get an NHL job, I would have done that, but probably had to get out of the business, to be honest with you, because I wasn't going to make enough money. I was now married. I didn't want one of those left hooks or right crosses. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So uh, (laughs) I knew I was going to have to make more money than I could make in the Colonial Hockey League. So this was really it for me. I I, I had to give it a shot. And Anaheim looked like it was going to work out. So I'm literally talking to them on the phone, and the secretary comes in from the the Bulldogs and puts down one of those pink notes. It says, line two, Mark Piazza, Philadelphia Flyers. Pizza. Yeah, pizza. And I said, what do they want? I didn't, didn't click to me at all, right? right? So I hung out with Ken. We still didn't have a deal because they had, you know, they had a lot going on. Expansion team. They're going to get me the paperwork. And Mark says, "Hey, Mark Piazza, Philadelphia Flyers, Jim, how are you?" I said, "I'm great. What can I do for you?" He said, "Well, we've had some changes here. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Emmerich's going to leave, and uh, Gene Hart going to go back to television, and our radio job is open. And we uh, heard your tape, and we're really interested. So one of those tapes that I never would have sent wow. got me wrong. the job. He laughed. I laughed." when he said that and i figured he's gonna think i'm crazy why am i laughing he goes i know why you're laughing you're talking with the ducks so they already knew i was talking with the mighty Ducks. Aww. but yeah they, they whisked me down to, to philly took me to the saloon all this stuff um and by the time i got back to philly they had a contract waiting on the fax machine and i chose philly over anaheim for a lot of reasons and of course, because they had Lindros, and we're going to win a cup before the Ducks. Right? Yeah, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrong. But yeah. I certainly don't regret it. It was a great decision. It's why I'm here. Two years in radio, and then to television. But those three coaches—I mean, Tommy, wow. Tommy, Herb, and Robbie—all had profound influences on me. Um, my Utica days were were great, but. Uh, uh, amazing stories. Too. Amazing people yeah, too to, that you work yeah, with. That's very fortunate. Yeah. Starting exactly.
3: your pro career off with a bang. Yeah. And then I got to work two years with Coatsy which yeah. topped all that. So. Well, I was going to say your, your football story almost reminded me of Coatsy when he blocked a yeah. shot by accident <laughs> and had a breakaway but pulled his hammy Yes, <laughs> he had to dump, dump. it. He played over. dump and chase hockey on a breakaway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: That, there is video of that somewhere. No way. Well, it was an NHL game. He was with the Red Wings. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they played oh, the Islanders. God, I forgot about we that. Asked the we tried. We desperately tried oh, to find the uh, footage of it, but there's, it's got to be somewhere. It was an NHL game. Yeah, he dumped. He <laughs> says it. Coach told us to play dump and chase. So. <laughs> But in reality, I think it was his groin. He his, gro- yeah, it was his groin, was his groin, and couldn't make his way in on you the mean break. He away. wasn't in that good of shape. Is that yeah. what he's trying to say? Dehydrated? I mean, that. you know, you're in the minors, you're doing stuff, you're in college, but then you make it to the big time, and what happened is, I came down. My wife had a job up in Utica, so I had to find a place to live. Yeah. First month, I was in a hotel, but then, uh, you know, you can only do that for so long. Well, Coatsy at the time was separated from his wife, lovely Lynn, and. Uh, he was living in Clarky's place in Ocean City on, okay. on the shore. Uh, Clarky was working for the Panthers at the right. time. So Clarky let him live there. So Coatsy asked me to come down there and live with him. So I, I spent two months living with Coatsy uh. and survived. And survived. The yeah, survive. sure. survive. yeah. <laughs> fact that you're Barely here is <laughs> doing this show. But I'll tell you <laughs> this amazing. story. Uh, Coatsy. I couldn't keep up with him. I'd go out with him once in a while, but not every night. So on that he he's out. I'm I'm doing who knows what, trying to get ready for the season, my very first season in the NHL. And the phone rings. So I pick it up, and uh, there's a female on the other end, and she said, who's this? I said, um, Jim. Jim who? Jim Jackson. Who are you? I'm coach's <laughs> new partner. He says, what? Have him call me. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> I said, I'm assuming that was Lynn, but she wasn't very nice to me. Right. And so coach gets back, and I say, Coach, I think I met your wife on the phone. Uh, She didn't sound too happy. You might want to call her. So he calls (laughs) her, and I forgot to say broadcast partner.
3: You just said partner. Oh,
0: (laughs) no.
2: Lynn thought it was uh, more of a relationship. No (laughs) way. Wow. (laughs) Wow. We laugh about that. Oh that that is hilarious. That is The absolute best. I that love it. But she great. really, yeah, she thought maybe uh, it was a, more than just a broadcast partner. <laughs> so uh, we had to explain. No, no, no. We're, we're on the air together. Uh, so we survived that. And then eventually, I bought a house, which I still live in today, and, oh, and man. live happily ever
3: after. That is great. Yeah. Oh my God! And your relationship
0: with Coatsy is still going strong. Coatsy's amazing. I yeah. mean,
2: obviously, did the two years in radio. Then yeah. I went to TV. And I must say, uh, have had the best broadcast partners, and I'll go through the litany, but it was Dorney then. Then Coatsy joined us on television, so I got to spend several years with Coatsy and then Jonesy uh, as a three-man broadcast team. Uh, But I, I had Coatsy, who is just the life of the party, and taught me the ropes. What to do and what not to do, um, and then Gary Dornoffer was my first TV partner, uh, broadcast partner, and uh, he uh, was like, I knew if, if ever you're you're in a in a in a war situation, you want someone else in your foxhole. It's it's Gary Dornoffer. I mean, he is just uh, you know what you're getting, a loyal guy, just great. And remember, he had been at Hockey Night in Canada, he was yes. the lead analyst. So how lucky am, am I? I've worked with one of the lead analysts at Hockey Night in Canada, Gary Dornoffer. Then. I uh, move on to Keith Jones, who's one of the lead analysts for NBC and now TNT. And then when he couldn't do games, Bill Clement, who was a lead analyst for ESPN. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, how lucky can I be as far as people I've actually shared the booth with? And now when when Jones can't do the games, it's Brian Boucher. Yeah, he's awesome. um, And, you know, Hartsey from time to time as well. So, I mean, I'm I'm so lucky with the people I've worked with um, and uh, have been completely blessed uh, to – Uh, you have to have somebody you have some kind of chemistry with. Yeah, right. And the chemistry is different. I mean, Bill and Jonesy cannot be further from each other in terms of their broadcast styles and their broadcast prep. If you want to call what Jonesy does (laughs) prep. Um, Bill is very prepared, and he'd have all these notes. Jonesy'd show up. I'd make copies of my notes and give them to him, and that's all I'd have in front of him. Wow. But Jonesy, don't let him fool you. Yeah, He's dumb like a fox. Oh, yeah. I mean, he... He watches tons of hockey, and he knows what's going on. And I've never seen anybody who can watch a pregame skate or even a morning skate, but a pregame skate, and I always look for it, and I'm, I'm getting my numbers down and stuff like that, but he can see a way a guy's skating or a way a guy's favoring when he's shooting or a goalie, this or that. He sees stuff, and I'm like, really? From the warm-up and and – almost all it almost comes to fruition that this guy's not right really off he's you know he's gonna have a great game and he has a great game and uh so he's really intuitive that way and bill you know he's going to the hall of fame here shortly and um i could not be happier i mean i I remember about four years ago i said to mike emrick we got to get bill in the hall of fame and he was still working and mike's on the board and um, he got talking to them then, and, uh, you know, then he retired, Bill, and I said to him, like, we really got to get him in. And so this year he goes in yeah, with Al Morgani. Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, right. And um, so Bill, is a, he's a wordsmith. In, in, yeah, you know And in, in the great voice. And um, so, I mean, I, I just could not be any luckier than those guys. I mean, Dorney and, and then those guys. Uh, and then, I've, you know, I had, you know, Taryn and people down on the ice, yep. Chris Taryn. I mean, just a whole bunch of great people to work with. So it, it has been um, I have been very lucky that way because I hear other broadcasters. I see other broadcasters who don't talk to their partners, you know, except for on yeah. the air and don't like them, hate them. Um, and, you know, most of them are very professional and they make it work, but it's a lot harder to make it work, you know, if you don't right. you, you don't like the guy or like the, the person you're working with.
0: And, you, and you're going the distance. I mean, 26 years on TV, what, two years radio. Yeah, it's like, a, that's I mean, a long it's, time. It's
2: a, it's actually, this is going to be my 30th year. 30th year. but. It's 29th season because we lost the full season. Oh, that's right. Um so oh, okay. it's my it's yeah, it's 26 years of TV broadcast. This is my 27th year, okay. 29th uh, with the two radio years. So that's crazy. but 30th year, it was 30 years ago next August that I arrived. So this is kind of my 30th year here. I can't even believe that. That's pretty wild. And and you know, I don't feel like I'm close to retiring, yeah. but when Mark Zumoff retires just yeah. before last year with the Sixers, and we started almost the same time. He's a little older than I am, not much. Um, that kind of hit home, and then this year, Zach, Zach yeah. Hill. Yeah, like if you God. had Zach on here, he would be a dinner. Well, no, he we're... had to wait. Yeah. So he's well, he's retiring now. Uh, yeah, he'll be, yeah. he'll, be, he'll yeah. be, and he has some stories. Yes. Whether
3: he's willing to tell them, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell i got to get a hold
2: of him before he does it, though. So he doesn't... <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> he, He's
3: one of my favorite oh, people. Me, too. I've we started the same day. God, the way. Same
2: exact day. I, we, I walked into the old Coliseum and we bumped into each other in the press room and I said, I'm Jim Jackson. It's my first day. I'm Zach Hill. It's my first day. Wow. And, and so when he retires and he is my age, basically a year older, uh, I always remember about that, but yeah. um, it is like, huh, I'm that much closer to the end than I am the beginning. I, I didn't think that feel that, but it's reality, you know? So, and then uh, I just was in Utica for a, ceremony and i i realized like i was in utica for 30 years and now i've been in philadelphia for 30 years wow like first half of life second half of yeah. life, syracuse in between but that's all part of utica really the upstate new york thing and uh i i just it doesn't seem like i've been here as long as i was from birth basically to when i got the job here that seemed like a longer 30 years than the 30 years here yeah where
3: is the time going i mean I knew it, you it's was a crazy for crying out i words. mean i know it's uh, uh it's amazing how fast it goes you know i was 25 years there yeah and my first year i was actually in florida it's funny you were in that right. job because uh, i was with uh, mr clark he gave me a job right out of college he still,
2: and, call, he still calls him mr clark <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
3: right with my dad and uh I was so lucky like you were saying <clears throat> so fortunate to do do what i did for so long but uh it goes by like that yeah i mean it's amazing. How, yeah, how was watching Timmy
2: when he was on here with you guys, and I think he's right. I I, I talked about this with him. Somebody had told me we're the longest yeah. running radio TV play by play duo. I think the only one close would be Anaheim, maybe Steve Carroll, who had a yeah, year here, yeah, he, yeah, he uh, and here. and John Ollers or. Uh, Kenny Cal and Ken Daniels in Detroit have been there a long time, but it, we're, we're close. I'm looking forward this year to getting back to going down into the room and talking to players yeah, right. being able to actually socialize a little bit. I don't overdo that. It, it's very important for broadcasters not to overdo that because you don't want it to impact the broadcast, but it's also good to to get to know the people. So sure. uh,
3: looking forward to that. Uh, you uh, you talk about going back down in the room. I had a question for you because uh, Meryl Reese, yes. who does uh, Legend, Legend uh, in Philadelphia with the Eagles, I laugh a lot because if I have the Eagles game on and I'm driving, he doesn't hold back. No. If JJ is running for that, how could he not get into the end zone? Well, his no. pants were, well, it doesn't matter. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Because, Thanks for bringing that story back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, but no, but it's funny because, like, a guy will make a mistake, oh. and, I mean, he just says it point blank, and yeah. I'm like, God, does he ever have to be around the boys? Yeah. Because, like, uh, how would that work? And you know, and- The worst
2: I, I've done it, I think, with a goalie who lets in a soft goal, I might say he'd like to have that one back or whatever. Right. But, but I don't – I try not to. I, I mean – I, I will say this: I'm calling the game. So if Ivan Provorov turns the puck over and it leads to a goal or even a scoring chance, I'm just calling it. I'm 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 giving the what. Yeah. Uh, right. now, Jonesy or Bill or or Bush, or whoever I'm working with, can get into the why. And if it's just a terrible play, they can say it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to characterize. It. I, might, I might say bad giveaway if it's an obviously bad giveaway. It's a it's a giveaway. I might say bad, but yeah. But uh, I, I'm just calling the game. But I'm not going to say. Oh, he was checked. If he wasn't checked, if it was just an unforced error, right? Yeah. So there is a there's a tight. You, you certainly keep it professional. You certainly we want the Flyers to win. I mean, I'm not right. going to hide that fact. I mean, I'm broadcasting to 97% Flyers fans. There's some yep. that aren't, but um, so I want. I know the broadcast is tailor made for them. A. They want more information on their team, and B, they probably want more excitement on their goals than the other team's goals. That kind of thing. So, there is that, but there is also you have to to tell it like it is. Now, yeah. Merle lets his emotions go to places I couldn't go. Yeah, um, I mean, my emotions go there, but I can't let it come out on the air. Art, it's yeah. it's just a different uh, different setup. Um, you know, I've never. Maybe I could, but I don't
3: want to test that.
2: Yeah, right. right. No, so, I, that's what I mean um, it just makes me laugh. Yeah. because I'll hear
3: him and I'm like, wow. I'll tell you an interesting <laughs> he's story. Not holding I, back. Yeah. We,
2: we were. I was in a in a symposium with Merle, Scott, Fransky, and Mark Zumov At the time, who was still working. The four of us, play by play guys at Temple. All these students and and they were asking questions. One of the students says, "For the entire panel, um, do you guys consider yourself homers?" And the moderator said, "Jim, start. We'll start with you." And I said, "Well." I think all of us in this panel are, are well, would say to you that we're homers to some degree. And Murrow was sitting next to me, and I could sense <laughs> some uncomfortability when yeah. I said that, right? Yeah. So I went on and talked about what I just said, you know, you got to be more for your team and 97% of the audience, all that stuff. And, and said, and so clearly if you turn on a flyers television broadcast, you're going to know I'm a broadcaster for the flyers pretty early on. And I mean, with Gene Hart, you knew five words in because of just his tone of voice, right? When the flyers were winning, he was in a better mood. I mean, and I, I grew up listening to Bob Murphy do the Mets. He was a baseball announcer. Same thing. I could tell with Bob, whether the Mets were winning or losing, five seconds tone, in. Yeah. to me that that's a badge of honor i don't look at that as a criticism but i could feel without looking at him that merle wasn't <laughs> happy with that so as soon as i got done merle grabs the mic he goes first of all i'm not a homer and he was really mad that i classified really? as such um and he went on to say i will criticize my team well i wasn't saying we don't criticize our teams i was just saying we take our team's angles there are those who probably feel Merle's even more of a homer than some of us because he just – you know, his when something goes wrong for the Eagles that he doesn't think should have gone wrong, he lets you hear about it, which I think is all part of the reason why he's so popular. Right. But, I mean, I guess really Merle and I probably just disagreed with what a homer is maybe. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, and I, I didn't mean to offend him, but he clearly wasn't happy with that. said, I'm not a homer. <laughs> um, but I think – and, and uh, Scott Fransky's very balanced in his call, but he's still, I'm sure, the other night uh, – if you could hear his call over his analyst, uh, you know, you would know that uh, he's a little more excited about the Phillies making the playoffs than not making it. I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. the way it is. Right, of course, yeah. So to me, that's being a homer. To Merle, maybe it isn't. Yeah. Um, But uh, just, I thought that's interesting. That's funny. Merle's the best. Let
3: me tell you, so much respect. He's been doing that. He's coming up in 50 years. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, no, I just always chuckle when I when I have it on because <laughs> no matter what, even if they're winning, if this guy does something wrong, he just gives it to him. Yeah. Hey. yeah I, I, I mean,
2: I ride the planes and buses and yeah, I'm in the locker yeah, room with right. these guys. I'm just not strong enough mentally, maybe, to be able to do that and then ask these guys questions. like, Yeah, yeah right. Uh, of course. So, and, and I know, maybe you can answer this. Because I'm never in a locker room where it's just players. I've never played the game. But I, I'm assuming you guys, despite the fact that many of you say you don't, read the newspaper clippings or now on the internet or hear about talk show people criticizing you or hear about broadcasters. You hear it, right? Sure. and It's got to bother you. You're, you're a human being. Yeah. If someone say, So uh, knowing that, if I blast a player above and beyond what I should in terms of just calling the game – if I go to that locker room, I'm going to expect that player to not be very happy with me. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. just and I, I mean, my first allegiance is to the viewer. My second would be to the people in the organization. But the viewer, the, they're they're the ones watching. Sure. Us. So yeah. I can't be completely sugarcoat and yeah. all that people say i'm a homer because i criticize the officials but if you really listen to our broadcast we criticize the officials when they get one wrong the other way too. Yeah. it's just yeah. the hometown people don't hear that yeah yeah um, <laughs> but i'll give you a really good story about how it's what people hear it's all in what they hear john davidson longtime analyst for the rangers and for fox and espn was doing the rangers flyer series in 1997 um, and you remember a game at the I don't know what it was called then, but the Wells Fargo Center. might have been the core state center then, um, where Gretzky had a hat trick, but there was a whole bunch of brawls. It was a wild game, afternoon game on national TV. So we didn't do the game. And Coach and I were doing a a post-game show on on the radio afterwards, and John Davidson did the game for Fox. And we get all these calls from people saying – How can they let John Davidson do the game nationally? He's a Rangers announcer letting him do a rain, and he was so pro Rangers. And without seeing the broadcast, I defended J.D. I said, well, you know, I know John Davidson. I've watched his work. He's a true pro. He's one of the best in the business. I can't imagine he was that that biased. That night, I get a call from John Davidson, and he said, hey, I just wanted to call, and thank you for having my back. I was listening to the show as I drove out of town, and uh, they were coming at me pretty good, and you you, you backed me up, and I said, J.D., I didn't even hear the show, but I know your work, like, as I said on the air, and I know you were right down the middle, or as close to it as you can be. He says, funny thing is, I got to, like, Trenton, and I started to lose the Philly radio station, so it turned the fan in York on, and I was getting blasted for overcompensating and being (laughs) pro-flyers. Come on. And that truly is, Uh, and I know this, we're all fans, right? You guys have teams you root for. Football is probably the one we're most passionate about because it's once a week and we get to see all the games. Well, when I'm watching a game and the announcers do doing the game, he never says good stuff about my team. He's always saying good stuff about it. It's just natural, right? So people are used to me and Jonesy calling a game or Timmy and Coatsy calling a Flyers game. And we have an obvious slant toward the orange and black as i said it's what we're paid to do uh, doesn't mean we need to be unprofessional i don't like getting into the we or anything right. like that we're not part of the team but we're definitely uh, flyers broadcasters so people are used to that so when a, a national network gets a game and they're getting a lot of them this year 13 yeah, more so and more that. as time goes by which uh, is a bad peeve of mine but they pay the bucks that's what happens um When they get it, invariably, I get all kinds of tweet messages saying, where are you? Where are you guys? We need you guys. These guys are so pro-Pittsburgh or pro-Chicago or pro-Rangers, whoever we're playing. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I appreciate, wish I was doing the game, but, you know, these guys are doing the best they can. And I know this firsthand because I did a couple games for uh, NBC with Flyers games, and but I was doing it to the Tampa market and the Flyers market and the national market, and I Played it down the middle. Right. And Steve Sam, Samko scored a couple goals that game, and I got very excited for Steve Samko. That's what I'm paid yeah. to do. I'm working now right. for National Network, and I got killed. Oh, I'm Flyers sure. Players. What's wrong with JJ? He's getting excited about lightning goals. He's, <laughs> he's not talking about the Flyers enough because I had a different role. So they don't they understand. I broadcast 70-30, maybe 75-25, 80-20, Flyers. Yep. National broadcast is usually 50-50. There are a couple that might go a little more the other way. If the other team's playing really well or whatever, you're going to talk more about the team that's winning. But um, they're going to hear that, and they're just not going to like it as much. So, I mean, in reality, I wish we could do a local feed audio for national broadcast. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. You know, They use use the SAP button for Spanish broadcast. Can't there be an uh, alternate audio button? And if people – they'd have to do the work. They'd have to push the extra – button to get the audio on but they'd still be watching the same station so the ratings wouldn't be affected yeah for right. advertisers sake maybe you get somebody to underwrite the local audio so yeah there's money involved because you know money has to be involved to make it work yeah. i hear about this show making all kinds of money so yeah <laughs> so uh, i mean that's you know maybe we can get to that someday pete weber the broadcaster for the nashville predators brought that point up to me many years ago and we never got anywhere with it but uh, but Short of that, we're just not going to be doing the games when they're on nationally, and you're going to have to deal with the fact that they're doing it 50-50. They're not doing it 75-25 yeah. flyers. Right. A little different animal. Yeah, for sure.
0: So you got, uh, you know, switching gears here a
2: little bit, uh, your own
0: coaching uh, Yeah, program? broadcast coaching. Po- podcast coaching, yeah. yeah.
2: Phillies, after 14 great mm-hmm. years with the Phillies, um, they were done with me during the pandemic, and I had all this time on my hands. Now, over the years... I've I've uh, mentored a lot of kids. In fact, the new voice of the New Jersey Devils, Bill Spaulding, actually I did some work with him. So now you know you're old when some of the kids you <laughs> yeah, really right? mentored are making it to the league. But but um, uh, so I did some here and there, you know, phone calls and going over tapes, but nothing really organized. But once I got all this extra time, I said let's let's get into to coaching and and um, we put this program together where I do three one hour one on one sessions. Uh, via Zoom. I'm, I'm thinking about doing it in person now that we're, you know, somewhat back to that, but uh, um, it, right now it's still Zoom, and um, I tailor-make it to that person. It doesn't have to be play-by-play. It can be, you know, anchoring. It can be sideline reporting. It can be uh, talk show hosting. It can be podcasting, whatever, broadcasting of any sort, um, and I've had people from all those various roles, um, you know, do the program, and it's been awesome. I mean, I've had Upwards of fifty kids I think. Nice. Do the program awesome. and, and it's just awesome to see some of them move on and get jobs and some go off in other directions, but they stay in touch and um and it's it's great. So you do three uh, one hour sessions. And then I'm your mentor for as long as you want me. You can call me, text me when you have questions or, you know, if you want to go over tapes down the road, we can do other sessions or whatever. But, um, and it's been great. It's Jim Jackson, awesome. All the, all the information oh, is there. Great. And I also do voiceover work, uh, which is on that site. Um, looking to get into some public speaking to tell my great, you know, pants falling down story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got <laughs> yeah. to persevere, persevere. Yeah. But, uh, and, um, cameo i do all, all these other i'm mean, gonna do little youtube hits during the year um so it's all on that website that, that's why we just can't just ever,
3: we, we couldn't get a hold of oh whatever. he's too busy. Oh, I, yeah. Got, yeah. I know you who guys to call. are now you guys are competition now no <laughs>
2: yeah. i am hardly competition I, for this podcast <laughs> listen, podcast. Yeah. listen
3: yeah. way up here i just call bernie yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you want a combo to Yeah, hand, yeah. it's yeah, all right. over she would listen to that
2: I, I if, you know, oh, if you man. said divorce him and come with that, she would, I think. But, uh, oh, but, uh, bad. no, and she, she would also oblige with the, the right hook and left Yeah, hook. <laughs> yeah right. But, uh, sure. but yeah, so it's, uh, it's been great. I, I could not have anticipated the coaching being as rewarding as it is. Um, I thought it was just going to be like, okay, they'll go their merry way, but almost all the kids stay in touch. And I bet. And, oh, and it's cool. great. I have this kid who just went to Syracuse. He was, he, I've been working with him since his junior year in high school. And, um, you know, he goes to Syracuse. Now, I, I went to Syracuse back in the early '80s when the football team was really bad, and they got a little bit better toward the mid '80s. Actually, went to a Sugar Bowl right after I graduated and all that. But then they've been really bad for many years. He goes there; they're five and zero and ranked twenty second. He's been there a month. Uh, <laughs> do you realize how lucky you are? Yeah, right. It yeah, right. might not last very long. They have North Carolina <laughs> State here coming up, but but uh, you know, so but he this. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm not going to give you his name, but uh, I think I'll be in my. Uh, my on my couch or my lounge chair or whatever, retired watching him on network really? TV. Oh and yeah, awesome. All. Yeah, and then there's many others who I think are going to make it, and uh, so it's it's fun. It's almost you have all these. I mean, I have my two kids. Clearly, I want them to be successful more than anybody. But now I have all these other these people of their age, basically. Uh, and, and older. I mean, there's no way. I don't want people to think it's just for 20-somethings or teens. I have a 58-year-old guy who's doing a streaming service for games down in Florida for um, junior hockey. And he, he created this kind of network where he gets to do the games. So you don't have to be a young person to do right. this, but many of them are college age and so forth and um, kind of similar to my kids' age. And now I'm watching on them trying to get their jobs. And I have all these people. I'm trying to help them get jobs. and it's, it's, it's really been rewarding. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. There's so much opportunity with the technology and the platforms now for people to find their
2: voice. Every college football game is broadcast now, right? When I was around, uh, I'm a little older than you guys, but I mean, there were three stations. It was like ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox came along, and then ESPN came along, but there just weren't that many games broadcast. Now you have way, but you also have way more kids wanting to do it. So while there's more um availabilities and opportunities there's also more competition but but um and now podcasting and I, mean, I say this to anybody for advice um the best advice is you have to get reps yeah you get better at broadcasting by doing it and now you can do it no matter where you are just like this yeah you can put a camera up and create your own podcast or youtube show or whatever and you could have zero subscribers zero viewers but you're getting reps in front of a camera. Uh, and you're right. going to watch it back yourself, and you're going to get better. I'm sure you guys feel your podcasts are better now. What is this, episode 89? 89. Yeah, 89, man. I'm sure it's better than episode one, right? Absolutely. I mean, guests notwithstanding, but I mean, you guys are better. Uh, yeah. that, that's what happens. And so you get reps. And there's no blueprint to success in this business. Another not-so-quick story. When I was in Utica, once I got to be the sports director, I had to hire somebody to take over the job I had created, the weekend thing. And so this kid from New York comes up and seemed really good. I thought maybe even a little too good, uh, but he took the job and everything's going along great. About three months later, he walks into my office. I hate to tell you this, but I'm going back to New York. And I'm like, what? Everything's going great because I also knew I was going to have to do both jobs for a while <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> Which is a lot of work. Yeah. But and so you know he he just couldn't deal with upstate New York living because yep. he was from New York City and it's a big difference. It's a small yeah. town versus big city. He wanted to go back to New York. So he went back to New York. I stayed in Utica. I did the old hone your your craft in a small market, get better and then jump to a big market as I did in Philadelphia. He went back to New York and basically took a job as a PA he used to tell me sweeping floors and getting coffee for people. That was the first job. And he did that for a little while. Before he knew it, they let him ride the board a little bit. They let him, they, you call it producing, but yeah. he's just pushing buttons. <laughs> and then before on, they let him write some for the update guy. And then maybe a year after that, he started doing some of the updates. And then he started doing some of the updates during their pre- and post-game shows for some of the sports they covered and then all of a sudden he was hosting the pre- and post-game show for the New York Giants, and then all of a sudden Jim Gordon retires in, I think, 2000, and he becomes the voice of the New York Giants, and he's been the voice of the New York Giants for 22 years, Bob oh, Papa. Wow. Who uh, I just saw the other day. I went up to a Giants game, and he's doing the games. and Amazing. Uh, so he, we took completely opposite routes. One, and, and Timmy Saunders will talk to you about this, a lot of people jump hopscotch all over the place yeah. on their way to their – eventual destination, and then there are those who go to their hometown and find low, low low-level jobs and kind of just climb the ladder if they're willing to have that patience, and they can make it too. So there really is no blueprint for success in this business uh, other than getting reps and getting committed, and obviously. And if it's a dream, hey, you guys, this is awesome. This podcast is awesome. You guys are basically taking something that is a passion, hockey or whatever subject matter you talk about, and you're finding ways to monetize it finding ways to to make it e- either side hustle or a job right and we have too many people in this country in this world who are at best bored at worst miserable yeah, in their jobs that's the truth and that carries over into your personal life if you're miserable in your job i tell all the people who come to me if you have a passion for broadcasting or if you have a passion for accounting if you have a passion for being a veterinarian um Follow that passion, yep. and you're going to have bumps. There are going to be speed bumps along the way. You're going to have people tell you you can't make it. I had my own mom tell me, you're crazy, be a vet. <laughs> um, I had a sports director when I was in school at Syracuse who had just gotten an article written about him by SI saying he was a 9 out of 10 Tell me that I'd never make it. You're going to have people tell you you're sure. crazy you're, you're no right. good. You have to press on. You will know in your heart or between your ears, maybe both, when it's time to give it up, hopefully that day never comes. But you will know. No one can tell you that you can't do it. Yeah, I used what that guy told me as motivation. Yeah, I mean, for 48 hours, don't get me wrong, I was thinking about changing my major and yeah. like, wow, this guy who we're all genuflecting in front of because he got this article written about him just told me I suck. Uh, I, I, I'm serious. I'm like, I had a minor in political science. Should I just switch over? Can you do that as a junior? I, I, I was seriously considering it. But then a couple of days went by, got great support from my roommates and so forth. And finally I said, I'm not going to let this guy tell me that yeah. I can't make it. Right. I'm at Syracuse. I'm doing games on the air. Not many kids even get a chance to do that. I have to be at least halfway decent. And you try to build yourself back up. And then I said, I'm going to prove him wrong. Yeah. And I didn't meet that guy. Um, later he was working out in San Francisco when I was working for the Phillies and played the Giants in the 2010 NLCS. And he got a hold of me and said, Hey, can you come on the pregame show with me? And, We'll talk about the series. I said, absolutely. So we're sitting there before the show goes on, and I said, do you remember – I won't say his name. Do you remember <laughs> – because he's had a great career too, very talented guy. And do you remember telling me that I was never going to make it? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, you were a senior. <laughs> <laughs> you were yeah. senior my career. You yeah. were a senior. I was a junior. Uh, you told me that I was okay, good enough to do college, but I didn't have it to make it. You know, in the big time with a you know major league team in any of the sports, and he said, "I never said that." I said, "You said it, and I want to thank you for saying it because yeah. you helped motivate me to to make it." And he said, "I never said it, but you're welcome." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, so, maybe I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but you, you are. I mean, you're going to have people oh, for people sure. who you yeah. respect say you're no good. And now with social media, I have people tell me that all the time. Anyhow, you know, you're no good. You, you know, yeah. So. It, you know, you're going to get that. You have to have thick skin in you this do business. You have to have thick skin. But yeah. you have to have thick skin in, any in life. In life, yeah. Now, uh, unfortunately, to some degree, yeah. but you do. Uh, but but in this business in particular, you're out there. You're out front. Yeah, you put yourself out yep. there, obviously. So just for if there's any advice outside of getting reps, it's that. Yeah. You know, have that dream. Follow your passion. And at least when you get to be 40, 45, if you gave it a shot and it didn't work, you're not looking back saying, I could have tried that. Yeah, you know, no doubt. Or is, uh, was it on the water waterfront? I could have been a contender. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you don't want to be saying, I, I could have done that. I mean, and the only other regret I have is is actually um, that I didn't enjoy the ride enough. When I was in Utica, uh, so many stories, as we've shared some of them, and so many great people, I was so focused on getting to where I wanted to get Yeah. that I didn't smell the roses at all on the way here. Mm. And I tell every, every kid that I talk to do that because the ride is just as fun, maybe even more fun than the yeah, destination. hundred percent. Um, so, and I know it's easy for me to say that now because I, I made it 30 yep. years later, all that, but, I just remember how desperate out of college you're, you're like, what am I going to do? I got nothing. Yeah. And then you're making very little money for a long time in this business. You have to do that. You pay the dues. Yeah. And it's like, I can't do this for much longer. Yeah, you know. Then I get married and the team moves out of town and I'm looking at a $15,000 a year uh, job is, uh, working for the Colonial Hockey League yeah. team there. They're actually a United Hockey League team. And I'm like... This isn't gonna last long. Yeah, left cross, right hook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this isn't gonna last long. And you know, you have these panic moments, but you push on. Yeah. And you know, for me, I was lucky and blessed to, to get the job here and have worked with so many great people. And we'll get that cup hopefully eventually. Yeah. But outside sure. of that, uh, sure. everything else has been. Just as I would have dreamed of, so amazing. You can live that dream too. It must be fun. Hundred
0: percent. Some uh, some wise words that that believing in yourself, right? If you don't believe in yourself, no one will, right? It's, that's exactly right. I mean, I'm sure
2: as a player, you you had heard that too. I mean, yeah, yeah you have to. That's yeah.
0: that's that's, that, that, that's the essence of it all, right? Yeah. I mean, no matter what line of work you're in, right? If you don't
2: have that, no one's going to believe in you. There's no confidence
0: no. there, right? So and there's
2: also and nasty. You can relate to this. Our jobs as great as they are, a player, equipment manager, broadcaster, uh, there's lots of times where it's not, glamorous and right. fun right. especially you i mean yeah. the hours you guys kept is amazing um and i'm talking about the work hours right you also kept yeah. some other amazing hours yeah, you know
3: <laughs> 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 gotta but. mix them in there <laughs> <laughs> i heard they were all strategic <laughs> hours <If you're, laughs> if they, if they very much to. are there's gotta be a hall of fame for that you and <laughs> coach here are gonna first I mean, class I you're I going just, in i just said yeah. that to chief yesterday yeah. oh, oh there's that's another that's, one yeah uh, yeah but anyway
2: yeah so i mean It's 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 there. There's not all glitz and glory, right? But there's so much of it that is sure, and it's fun, and it's if you're doing what you love, you'll be able to take all that other stuff hundred percent and go for it. But uh, persevere,
0: absolutely. Before we let you go, I got to ask the
2: the broadcasting voice, is something you had to? I you know I don't really know. I mean, for me, it was. You know, having my pants fall down on a football run. And- <laughs> that,
0: all of a sudden, the voice just <laughs> no, came. Right? No, I mean, I
2: don't even know if I had my voice. I, I, I was in eighth grade. Probably hadn't completely. Yeah. But my father said, you know, the game is on, and you're always talking about it anyhow. Why don't you go into broadcasting? And then, you know, I went into my puberty years, and the voice, the voice just came. magically came. I, I took some courses in college. I think one of my... Lowest r- uh, grades came in a a public speaking course. Wow! <laughs> so a really tough professor, but I mean, um, y- you can work on it. Yeah, uh, but some of it is just natural. natural. It's kind of like an athlete. I mean, yeah. they have certain athletic skills. The the best of the best, and I'm certainly not saying I'm that, but the best of the best in terms of the athletes are also your hardest working athletes. Right? I mean, yeah. Think of Sidney Crosby. The the stories are legendary. I yeah. Mean, I, I, the guy told me that he was once uh, he missed a, a Shot from in tight that could have tied a game late, early in his career. Next day, the coach, I think it might have been Ed. Edzo might have been coaching him then, or maybe it was Bilesman. But anyhow, uh, said, nobody near the rink tomorrow. You guys have had a long, tough week. Nobody near the rink. Well, Sid got a hold of the person at the rink. They opened it up for him, turned the lights on, and he stacked wood uh, in front of the net and left oh, like wow. the littlest thing. And the guy said he just shot and shot and shot for, for hours. Like, he must have taken – you know, hundreds and hundreds of shots at that little hole that he missed, right? Yeah, and that's the great ones. That Jerry is. Rice yeah. so had true. his ridiculous workout thing up the hill. Yeah, um, uh, you go you know, through all the greatest. I mean, Michael Jordan. We got an inside look at some of his oh, stuff with it's the, the, the mini series. I mean, it's the documentary. I mean, it's it's. Uh, those are the greatest of the greats. They have the unbelievable talent too, yeah. which some of us aren't blessed with. But if you have some talent and you work that hard. It's going to lead to good
0: things. 100%.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: we appreciate you, JJ. Ah, this been has been fun. amazing. Thanks been been so fun. I'm about to bring you back on. Probably the longest 0. show you've yeah. ever had, too. <laughs> this is a great one. That's yeah, great. <laughs> we <laughs> love it. We <laughs> love having but you, but I
2: figure since I put you guys out for so long, I better give you this. <laughs> yeah, make two episodes <laughs> worth. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Cut it in half. Yeah. More with JJ yeah. next <laughs> week, believe it or not. Yeah. No, we uh, really do appreciate it. your time, buddy. Thanks so much. As far as this season goes, you know, a lot of negativity out there. Uh, I I I can't deal with that. It's it for me. It's all about fixing, and I think that's the way John Tortorella approaches it. Yeah. Let's see how it plays out before we jump all over. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. And you know they they're going to be as you said, Riley. I mean they're they're going to be tougher to play against. They're going to be I think more of a Philadelphia kind of team. Yeah. And that's in no shot to Mike Yo or the, the earlier coaches. Mike came into a situation that was untenable yeah Yeah. and and you know so and i think he's a very good coach and glad that he landed in vancouver but but torts is he's different uh and and he's probably the man man made for this kind of situation so let's let's give him a chance first and not just five games as he said mid november is when most of his teams get his systems into muscle memory and it becomes basically natural for them out on the ice if you know we're rolling into thanksgiving and and christmas and they're still losing game after game then you know i think you're going to see some big time changes but yeah but uh, give it some time yeah this, this guy's yeah, a do. really good coach and he is. these are there are some really good players here who have not had great years yeah the last couple of years uh, i mean if we get some of those players back to where they were and other the young guys take steps up they might surprise some people you never know
0: all right, a big thank you to Jim Jackson, awesome guy. Appreciate him hopping on. With JJ, JJ, great guy.
3: Been chasing him down for a while. I know, I know. He uh, had some things he had to deal with, and uh, but we're really happy he joined us. Man, he's he's been here a long time.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, props no, to him for him a long time grinding it out and yep. and staying with it, and uh, I love his attitude towards it, and just he, the, he does a great job too. He really so he's, does. He's really good obviously passionate about it and is the main reason why he's still kicking exactly. obviously you gotta you gotta love what you do no matter what yes. what job you're in so big thanks to JJ appreciate you maybe we'll get him back on 2.0 somewhere down the line yes and then nas nice, we're adding another segment to our weekly show all right we are I
3: like hearing that
0: yeah ask us anything Wow we, well. well maybe not everything <laughs> anything kidding. Um, But uh, we we threw it out there on uh, social media last week, and got a few questions to start off our first segment. Okay, I think Baller has got a few questions for us.
3: Yes, here sir. You go, Baller. We got uh, Brandon Harper on Twitter. He asked, "Nasty, most high maintenance player to deal with and least high maintenance." Ooh. Oh, wow! High maintenance now nah, you get me in trouble here. Uh, <clears throat> high maintenance. I'm not sure. I was lucky. Prong, prong Daddy. You know. He wasn't that high-maintenance. It was just I had to do all of his sticks. Okay, all right. So, like, and his were a little bit of a – it took some time. It, so did Jake Voracek's. Um I guess the guys that I had to do their sticks for them with, like, the wood knobs in them and then shave them down, that's probably the most because I was I was really fortunate not to have – anybody that was crazy like you hear the stories about mark messier yeah moving his skate blades all the time um bus james uh jvr's balls a little bit with his he likes to shift his blades a little bit but it's more about um the the shivs he puts in there but uh i was lucky enough not to really have anyone too too high maintenance the least high maintenance guy would be you <laughs> i mean you didn't even need to roll a tape because you never taped tape, your tape job the
0: whole year um oh, yeah man.
3: lots of guys i was lucky man um <laughs> i have heard horror stories from some equipment guys you know and, and we'd always make fun of them but uh i was really lucky I, I have to say um but you might be the guy because you literally didn't tape your sticks unless i really yelled at you
0: yeah i know i remember that and uh so. and grinding my wheels i think i would probably
3: I don't think you knew if I did or not. No. Or I if, you know, Harry did. When or you're not, sitting, or in the,
0: sitting on the bench, sitting in the penalty box, it doesn't really matter. Does it?
3: Well, I mean, you got to have good edges, bro. Yeah, you do. You're, you're right. Good
0: edges, you're so. right. Well, I appreciate you grinding. Yep. Without telling me. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Next baller. A uh, friend of
3: the show, Christopher Mayer, he Ooh. asked, favorite Jake Voracek moment on the bench? I think I may have talked about that I, earlier. It's one of my favorites, uh, <laughs> seeing, uh, Jimmy VC last night back with the Rangers when he was coming into the league. Uh, I remember he was kind of being shopped around. I don't know if that's the word you want to use, but he was like going to take the best offer, but he ends up going to New York. And if you remember back LeBron James, when he left Cleveland the first time he had the press conference, I'm taking my talents to South beach or whatever he said. And, uh, so VC's lining up for face-off, and Jakey's yelling at him, who do you think you are, fucking LeBron James? So he was calling him LeBron the whole game because because of him, like, shopping around to see where he was going to go. Right. Uh, I could give you a million Jake stories, but that one was actually funny because he called him LeBron the whole game, and I was I just kept laughing every time he said it.
0: Oh, man, just hearing Jake talk yeah, makes well, me that laugh, too. Just looking yeah. at him, just get yeah. all fired up, just makes you want to laugh. But he is a beauty. He's a beauty.
3: Uh, we got one more. It's a little bit of a two-for-one. This one's from Instagram, TheFuriousFuria. Mm-hmm. What was the best experience slash favorite memory as an equipment manager? That's for Nasty. And for Riley, what was your toughest fight? We'll start with Nasty. Oh, man. Uh, lots of lots of really good memories. Um, winning two American League championships, Carter uh, cups, and... Um, getting to do the Olympics was right. probably one of the greatest things I've ever been able to do. Um, Working get, with torts. Yeah, worked with torts. Um, the Olympics was probably one of the best things ever. And I going guess. to the finals in the, in the Stanley Cup finals with you, Riles, and mm-hmm. even though we came up short, it was, you know, you just never forget those times. And, right. and even at the Olympics that year, you know, we, we lost in overtime, the gold medal game, but it was still like looking back, like, I can't even believe I was there. So that I would have to go with the Olympics.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. That is big time. Yeah, nasty. Uh, for me, toughest fight. I mean, they're all tough. There was no easy ones. Um, trying to think if I should go with my biggest ass kicking. Uh, I mean, Brash probably kick my ass. Probably the worst. Um, um but. Um, you know, I, I'd throw him up there as obviously the toughest fight. I mean, I fought him a bunch. It was, ne- it was obviously never easy. George The Rock, Brian McGratton, uh, Colton Orr, Eric Goddard. I mean, there's obviously a bunch of them um, that were all in that same, like, ultra heavyweight type of bracket. Um, but I think Brash kicked my ass the worst in Philly there that one night. Um, yeah, but... Um, yeah, I think that's that's the one. But they're all they're all they're all tough. There was no easy nights.
3: You're undersized. They, I mean, those guys were huge. So yeah, they were definitely all tough. You <laughs> didn't get many nights where you were fighting a guy the same size as no, you. No, I know. So. And
0: but yeah, and even on those nights, I didn't take it for granted because you know those guys could yeah. chuck them. Just oh, yeah. different, different type of uh, uh, style of fighting. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think you know, Brash gave it to me the worst. Um, but you know. A lot lot, lot of tough ones, for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. And I think that's a wrap, Nast. Episode 89 in the
3: books. I know. You want to say anything about maybe liking and subscribing? Well,
0: let's like and subscribe. Our YouTube channel.
3: Comments, if you want.
0: Comment, absolutely. We love it all. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week for episode 90. Let's go. All right.